Welcome to Music She Missed, the podcast where I try to get my best friend caught up in some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison. Hey, I'm Rachel and I missed all the music. Rachel, this has been such a fun season so far, uh, full of surprises. Yes, lots of fun surprises and good surprises too. Well, that's what 2020 brings us, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So even though in 2020, every day of the week feels identical because there's not really anything going on, I would like to know what your favorite day of the week is. Hmm. Hmm. I would say Wednesday. Why? Well... So I like to get things done throughout the day and throughout the week. And so I always ask my husband on Sunday night, hey, is there anything you need me to get done this week? What do you need me to get done for the house? What do you need me to get done for you? What do you need me to get done for our kid? And then by Wednesday, if I haven't gotten at least halfway through, I am up a creek without a paddle and where I'm scrambling for Thursday and Friday because I want to get stuff done. So we could, you know, go and and enjoy our weekend. And lately we have this park um, that we really like to go hiking in um, Mm -hmm. because we've kind of fallen in love with hiking, walking. And um, last weekend we went walking around a lake and over this bridge that I was really questioning if it was okay because it kept wobbling. So Wednesday is my day where if I don't get the stuff done by then, then I know my weekend is not going to be great. I like my weekends to be great. Okay. I am questioning Wednesday being your favorite day. It sounds like really the weekends are your favorite day and you're just hoping that Wednesday goes well so you can have it, especially Friday. No, Wednesdays are not. Oh, we're not doing a Friday song, are we? That Friday. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not Rebecca Black (laughs) Friday. But... No, I don't like the weekends as much as you'd think. I actually really do like Wednesday. I like getting things accomplished and knowing that I can get things accomplished. So yeah, I still like Wednesdays. And then also I like Wednesdays for other reasons, but yeah, mostly for, I like getting things accomplished. So cool. Aren't you going to, my guess is I didn't answer the question the way you wanted me to answer. No, you, you answered it fine. You just didn't ask me back. Oh, what's your favorite day of the week? My bad. I'm sorry. It's Friday. Simon Love. What? I don't care if Monday's blue. No? Tuesday, Wednesday. No. Is this Keith Urban? Nope. Oh, well, he named his kid Sunday. Oh, cool. Music fact from Rachel. All right. Well, do you- Random. This band has a very famous song called Friday I'm Love, and your expression is telling me that you don't know who they are, so we should just do the big reveal. Okay, I'm ready. All right, drop roll. Boom. The Cure. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of The Cure before? Well, the vaccine did come out couple days ago Uh, i don't want to talk about covid well the cure well well yeah okay so um 
I don't know. I just want to say for the record that I asked the day of the week question to try to avoid talking about COVID because the band is called The Cure and you still did it. (laughs) Well, it hit news this past week that the vaccine came out. I know, but it takes us a year to, to edit episodes. Well, you know what? Feel free, audience, to enjoy life in the past because whatever. I'm Nobody's looking back it. on 2020 enjoying it. But I don't know. Music she missed this season is pretty awesome. So that's true. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the band The Cure? No, I have not. Cool. I feel like I should maybe, and I'm not sure if I should. Are they good? Yes, I think so. Um, I'll give a couple titles, which I also think you won't know because that's probably the most famous one. They have a song called Close to Me. No, I'm not very close to them. They have a song I haven't even heard of them. Just Like Heaven. Hey, didn't Bruno Mars have something like that? That is locked out of heaven. You got to be How about Boys Don't Cry? Well, I have two older brothers. I've seen them cry. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to go out on a limb here. On a scale of one to 10, one being you have no idea who this is, and 10 being they're your favorite band in the world, where would you rate your current knowledge of the band The Cure? One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. I'm really questioning if I'm going to like this. You don't even know anything about it. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I have a playlist for you of an hour's worth of music by The Cure that you need to listen to every day. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about it with my very good friend and guest host, for this week, Aiden. Yay! Do I know Aiden? You do. You met her ages and ages ago. She was at my Christmas party in my apartment that year that I moved, and she was at my I wedding. Remember that apartment that had high ceilings? Yeah, she was at my bachelorette party. She. I do remember her now. Yeah, she's a really good friend of mine. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. And she's really excited to introduce you to this super famous band that she loves. They're famous? Everybody we do on this show is famous, Rachel. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will trust you, Allison. I will walk blindly into the light. Excellent. Well, if you, our audience, want to check out the Cure playlist, you can find it by going on Spotify and searching for Spotify colon user colon music she missed. Rachel, see you in a week. And audience will be back with you in just a moment. All right, here we go. Welcome back. Rachel, you spent the last week listening to Legendary The Cure. How'd it go? Good, but it wasn't just one week. It was like a few weeks, actually. (laughs) So, but how did it go? 
there were some ups, there were some downs. There were parts of it since I really have never heard the cure before. Mm-hmm. There were parts of like, huh, I don't know if I like this. Oh, I think I like this, but am I sure that I like this? So it was, it was a process. It was definitely a process. Well, maybe our super special guest this week, my friend Aiden, can help you figure out whether or not you like it. Welcome, Aiden. Hi, Allie. Hi, Rachel. So glad to have you here. I'm happy to be here all the way from Austin. Oh, wow. Cool. Welcome. So, Aiden, um, we've been friends for a long time, almost as long as I think I've known Rachel. Yeah, 2006, 2007. And you are my closest goth friend. I'm goth? (laughs) Aren't you? Wait, I listen to goth? (laughs) Let's talk about it. Let's talk about The Cure as as a band, who they are, the genre. Were they goth? um, Robert Smith, who is their front man and their um, consistent, like that he's, he's basically the band leader. He's the one consistent band member that's been there since the beginning. Um, he says he's not goth, but most, most goths say they're not goth. So, so you just proved your gothness in questioning. um, (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know. Um, but okay, so if we are talking about the cure, we are. Then the cure I always defined as sort of more post-punk. Um, they started in the seventies, so it wasn't wow, technically so. post-punk. It was kind of alongside it, but um, they're post-punk, and then you know they were alternative they were music old. when alternative just meant like not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, before it was a radio station dial. And they are very much affiliated with the goth music scene, although their sound is different from typical gothic rock. They're goth in the sense that they're, you know, there's a lot of dark, brooding, melodic, nostalgic stuff. A lot of, you know, pretty ephemeral layers and, um, yeah, just a dark, gloomy attitude in general. And Robert Smith wears a lot of black and patters his face very white and has jet black hair and red lips so yeah um Rachel did you get a chance to see any pictures of what the cure looks like no I don't think I ever saw pictures of them I try not to um look up them I try to just listen to the music oh that's in that's an interesting tactic that's like I don't watch a trailer before I watch a movie same really here's what the cure looks like okay they do not look like what I thought they would look like in my head what did you think I thought they were kind of teenage kids that decided to skip afternoon classes after lunch (laughs) and kind of hang out at the school football field so it's like okay you're gonna go to all that effort and skip class but you're gonna stay on school grounds okay that's what I thought they were (laughs) 
In your imagination, did they also get drunk a lot and perhaps drop some acid? Well, I don't know how do you drop acid, so, <laughs> but no, they weren't drunk in my mind. They were just skipping class, but still staying on campus, which was weird. So Aiden, this is, might be a good time to talk about um, who they are and where, where they come from. What's the story of The Cure? Because I'm a very casual fan and I don't, I'm sure that you know a lot more than I do. I know some, probably not as much as some of my goth counterpart friends, but I will try to do them as much justice as I can. So yes, they actually met in middle school in the early seventies in West Sussex. And they had, they formed this one little band that performed this one little show in their middle school. They called themselves Obelisk. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. And then later when they were in their high school, they reformed with a few member changes and they called themselves Malice. So the Cure's first name really was Malice. Hmm. And Robert Smith did get kicked out of school for causing a riot with Malice in 1977. Wow. According to the Wikipedia page or something I read somewhere, he came back a little time afterwards and they reformed their band into something called Easy Cure. That was the name of one of their songs at the time. And then they dropped Easy and they just became The Cure. Thank you for answering that because I was super curious about where their name came from. They were kids, which to me as a parent is like super exciting because I'm like, oh, my kid can do anything he wants and he doesn't have to wait. (laughs) Oh, Rachel, does that make you excited to be a parent? On second thought, they probably, you know, gave their parents a very hard time causing riots and getting kicked out of school and whatnot. Yeah, I never got in trouble with school. I got in trouble once, though. Only once. My teacher thought I was whistling, but I was having an asthma attack. That was the only time I got in trouble. <laughs> that that I have no segue for, but I was hoping... <laughs> But I was hoping we could talk about The Cure as a phenomenon, their, um, their fame, their influence. So the lead singer, does he also play an instrument? Bass, maybe? I kind of thought he was playing bass. Yeah, so he does. He plays a lot of instruments, but he's primarily the singer, songwriter, and guitarist. And I'm... Wow. And I did make a note to tell you, he also plays bass and keyboard. Ah, so he does do that. Rachel, I know your question got answered of where are they from and how did they get started? But Aiden, I was hoping you could talk about their rise and uh, the cure is a phenomenon, what they're famous for, why they're important. Their rise is pretty phenomenal. Robert Smith will tell you that he never wished for this. He never wanted this kind of, you know, stadium filling fame, but they really had some, they just managed to record a few songs in there that were radio friendly, um, that were chart friendly, a few songs that were chart friendly. 
and that carried their sales. They got featured in some movies and that carried their sales even further. So it kind of became something that was bigger than them. And one of the reasons that he attributes his really long concerts for, because they have such a big repertoire, right? They've been recording for so long. And up until 413 Dream, which I think came out in 2013, they had been releasing a new album like every four years. So yeah, and that was their 13th album. So he plays concerts that are, you know, three, four hours long. It's not unusual. And he says he does it for the fans, like as a thank you for the fans. They wouldn't be where they are without people like us just, um, you know, putting on our eyeliner and staring at our feet and getting really into his mopey, sad stuff. Can we, before we talk about the mopey, sad stuff, you mentioned the radio heads. Um, what would you say are a few of them, though I think I know because those are the ones I knew. And I'm curious, Rachel, what your opinions are about the ones that and kind of make the cure go beyond alternative scene. I tried to include some of them uh, on the playlist. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're not my favorites, but I wanted to make sure that Rachel heard them because this is her cure 101. Yeah. And it's how most of us would have heard of the cure for the first time, unless we had a really cool, like older cousin or something. I wasn't Um, that cool. (laughs) So pictures of you, just like heaven, close to me, Friday, I'm in love. Those were the big singles that are on the playlist. Yeah. There's also love song, which I hate. It is my hate song. But that's a really big radio hit. Um, Love Song is also, Rachel, covered by Adele. So you actually heard a song by The Cure before you knew that. Huh. That's, I didn't know that they were The Cure. Uh, Well, you, you heard Adele sing their song, right? See, I think the hard part for me as you guys talk about the fame of The Cure and and just how they were so in, they impact so many for us to hear, be here in America and hear them. And they're from England and from the seventies and they had albums every four years where it's, for me, it's like, huh, I've never heard this band before, never heard this music before any of this. And so for me, it was very of a different experience. Um, now, one of the songs that you did mention, um, Pictures of You, that was actually my favorite song out of the entire list. And there were other songs that I um, enjoyed out of the playlist, but Pictures of You was my favorite one out of them all. And so I'm kind of glad that that became something of a song that was on, it was radio friendly and that other people liked a lot and maybe requested on the radio and I too liked it. So maybe I'm getting cooler. Slowly but surely by season six. <laughs> Rachel, you also liked Friday I'm in Love, right? And Close to Me, other big cure hits. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the Close to Me, I thought I may have heard that song before. Um, that was the one that was kind of questionable of just like maybe some teeny bopper kind of movie or something like that. Um, and so I wasn't sure, but if I heard that song before, but I definitely heard it 
quite a number of times with this playlist. So <laughs> if you've seen the movie, the wedding singer, you've heard the song boys don't cry. Cause it's in that. Oh. I did not like that song. That's okay. Very false boys do cry. <laughs> That's why you don't like it. Yeah, I know. It's oh, okay. What do you expect? <laughs> I expect some depth. Not this week. There's a lot of, I don't know. There's other stuff going on too. <laughs> well, Rachel, I feel like it's really interesting to me. It is interesting to it me is. that your opinion on each song would change throughout the song and that it caused a lot of uncertainty and questioning because thing I love the most about the Cures music is they have so much space in almost all of their songs. In fact, the ones I don't like are the ones that don't offer that space. It's just room to breathe and think and feel. So I have some news to tell you. I don't think there are many other bands, and I may have not done this with any other bands, so the Cure might be the first band I ever did this with. That Honestly, you know, it's one hour of music every day for seven days, listen to them. And then we talk about it at the end. But the problem is, for some reason, I was not able to get through the entire hour in one sitting. I don't know if it was what I was going on throughout these past couple of weeks or something like that. But also, I just wanted to take a break and then I would pick up from the other part of the playlist and just, you know, still go in the consecutive order. But I think for me, it was like a different time of the day, maybe different things that I was doing. Maybe it was just different things. And so for my take on some of the music, I had a different take on it because this was a very interesting playlist that I just, there was, I think maybe two or three days that I did all one hour in one sitting. But for some of them, it was kind of like breaking it up throughout the day. It was a little bit different for me. I didn't realize you, your goal was to listen to the playlist every day for a week. The idea, um, Aiden, is that when you only hear a song once, um, it doesn't always stick. I feel like familiarity helps um, learn to love a song. Like there were some Cure songs on this playlist that I hadn't heard be- before And it took me listening to it along with Rachel to appreciate, to have them sink in and become, oh, this one, right? That recognizing a song helps, I think, with um, appreciation and learning. And granted, since we did not go straight from a week to week, she had more than a week to listen to it multiple times. The idea is just to listen to it multiple times in different situations at different times, because songs can shift, right? Depending on when you're listening to them and how and what your mood is and what you're doing. Um, That's for me. I I really hate the house tour of laundry. It's just one of my worst. I like, I hate it. So don't listen to this. I cannot listen to music every single time I do laundry because then I'm like, well, I already hate laundry. So I'm going to hate all the music that's going through my um, iPhone or something. Okay. So let's, let's go back. Let's talk about the cure. Um, Rachel, they, they've been Robert Smith, like as the cure has been around this whole time. 
they're still a thing. Oh, they, they are still a thing. Oh. And they announced this was so, this has been so exciting to me for a couple of years now. And I'm sure, you know, COVID and other things have gotten in the way. But in 2019, Robert Smith told Rolling Stone that he had recorded a really epic album. Like this thing has 19 songs. Some of them are 10 to 12 minutes long. It obviously hasn't been released yet, (laughs) but he said this whole pandemic has been so good for him to just be creative and for the band to get done in the studio, the things that they wanted to do without all of the outside distractions that would normally happen in the world, in the pre-COVID world. Hmm. So I am stoked because yeah, they've released a ton of albums and they haven't released any really since 2013. There was at some point, there was a re-release of Disintegration, which was really good, but I'm excited. They're still doing it. And also they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2019, which is part of their phenomena. And I've actually been there. Didn't know what I was going through as I walked through that building, but I've been there. That's interesting. <laughs> I can't I, so, um, and not only that, Rachel, I think you had a question as you were listening to The Cure, you were picking up on some vibes, right? Some kind of like similar sounds. Why don't we talk about that? Yes. So like the song Underneath the Stars, in the middle of the song, it gets, it sounds a really weird, like in the middle of it. And it the singer is softer the instruments are louder it's emotional it's kind of wonky and I noticed that in a few of these songs that they just had that trend can you explain that a little bit further Aiden I can't because I don't know what their intention is behind each song but as an artist I can tell you I want people to interpret for themselves and something that I mentioned earlier I appreciate about them is they create all of this space in each song for you to think about and process your feelings about the song can change the song can change they're really a great storytelling device and with strange attraction for instance the story is told within the song it's a complete start to finish enterprise level love story but some of these others underneath the stars, just these big, lavish, epic sounds that can carry you through a range of emotions. That's what I appreciate about them. It's what I appreciate about literature and music, their ability to transport me someplace, Mm. whether it's a feeling or experience without showing me visually how to interpret it the way a painting, a film, or a play would. It's interactive art because it Mm. makes you feel something and you get to interpret it for yourself. The cure gives me unlimited airline miles in that department. I like that analogy. Um, That was really cool. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why this was one of those bands. I just didn't want to listen to that whole hour forward because I felt each song did go and take me on a trip. And I was like, wait a second, I haven't even had a chance to unpack my bags, do my laundry, repack it up to go on to my next trip. And so I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, I need to take a pause, I need to clean my laundry, and then repack and go on another trip where so I could enjoy each trip of each of the songs because they were 
trippy <laughs> a little yeah um actually rachel you had said that this band reminded you of another artist that we've studied so the cure they kind of remind me of the smashing pumpkins from season three am mm-hmm. i kind of feeling that vibe is that the right thing or the wrong thing or what am i thinking it's the right vibe oh yay <laughs> the cure a lot of bands Yes. Actually, I was in a band in college whose primary influence was The Cure. And Billy Corgan, the front man and the only consistent member of the Smashing Pumpkins since its inception, also cites The Cure as his primary influence. But The Cure, Rachel, has been around for so long that they've influenced so many different bands, um, particularly, you know, in the like alternative genre um, I would say, you know, Smashing Pumpkins is just one example. So why don't we, so we know that The Cure is really important and influential. Uh, Rachel, what songs do you want to talk about? Do you have any questions or comments on some of those? Well, um, so Plain Song. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how it took over two minutes for the singing part to start. Like, is there a specific reason for that like were they thinking certain things and forgot to turn on their mics or come on (laughs) disintegration was perhaps the best cure album ever released in in 1989 yes this was released in 1989 and at the time Robert Smith was going through a very gloomy phase. There were two boys in a town nearby that had just recently committed suicide while listening to The Cure. And so while they were recording Disintegration, he had a newspaper clipping of that pinned to the wall, of that news story. It was pinned to the wall. And from what I understand, they might have been on a lot of acid at the time. And the whole atmosphere was gloomy. I don't remember if it was Disintegration or another album. It very well could have been, but there was a list that he had kept up on the wall of things that he wanted to accomplish every day. And one of them, there was one of the songs. He was like, we have to cry before 6 p.m. on the day that we record this song. So there was definitely a moodiness going on. And that two minutes of instrumental sound is part of that space that they create it's building up to something the words are relevant but perhaps not as relevant as they are with other songs and other bands when it comes to plain song rachel other songs from that album are pictures of you love song uh which we've discussed and Fascination Street. So this is a big album. Hmm, yeah, but then the album after that, they did Boys Don't Cry. Is that right? That actually brings up a good question because um, unlike our usual uh, method of putting the songs in chronological order, Aiden put the songs in... I would say an artistic order and I would love, I would love Aiden for you to talk about why you put the songs in the order that you did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's really interesting. For sure. 
I intentionally placed Plain Song at the beginning of this playlist because it was the first song on Disintegration, who many fans and critics feel is the best Cure album ever with nearly 3 million sales. It has such a vast epic sound and build up that space before the lyrics start is really building up to something. If you get the chance, the music video tells a really interesting story and the build up and then the lyrics make more sense when you're watching the visual. I just thought starting this playlist off with the first song from the best album would be a good way to introduce the band. And also plain song is my favorite cure song. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, why don't we get um, talk about some other songs that um, stuck out to you? One or a couple, maybe Rachel, of your dislikes and a couple of your likes. So I'm a fan of my pool in the backyard. I like to lay out and play in the water. I love to swim. Mint Car was probably, I would say, out of all the songs that I was listening to to the playlist, this is the one that I would actually listen to Poolside or if I was at the beach or something like that. And I and I like that song where um, I like the color mint and that's fun. <laughs> um, just like song. Huh? It's an upbeat song. It is. It's and I'm an upbeat kind of person. So, um, yeah, I like that song. Um, Just Like Heaven is another song that I really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like that one and Friday I Am In Love, both of those kind of just, I don't know, echoed back and forth to each other. And it was just a very enjoyable ping pong back to those two songs. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I do have a question for Rachel about Mint Carr. Okay. Because you enjoyed it so much. Did you really pay attention to the lyrics or was it just the sound? that you enjoyed it was mostly the sound um the lyrics um I did not look up for that song um I just felt like I would listen to the song close my eyes and say okay imagine where I'm at where am I am I I don't know in a padded room or where am I am I in I and I felt like that song took me to my poolside and I thought that was nice especially in the cold winter snow that we were dealing with it sounds like they really did transport you and I'm happy that if anything you gained that experience from listening to them because I gained that experience from listening to them Mick Carr came out it was on Wild Mood Swings it came out in the 90s when I was in high school And I had a similar reaction to Mint Car. I didn't have a backyard pool or anything, but it made me happy because it's such a happy sounding song. It is a happy song. I printed out the lyrics. I was fairly innocent at the time, although very goth. I printed out the lyrics in rainbow colors after my dad bought a multicolored ink cartridge for our dot matrix printer. And my father found them on the printer and was very unhappy with me. (gasps) Why? Well, you can look at the lyrics and see them as something that's very sexualized. And I grew up in a pretty liberal, but also Muslim home. So it was conservative when it comes to 
certain family values. And it was a very sexualized song lyrically. I see that now. I also, I don't listen to lyrics, so. (laughs) I mean, it is a pretty sexual song. My current partner and I send each other songs all the time. Age of COVID, that's what people do. Here's a YouTube video for a song I like. And that's one of the songs that I sent her. So, yeah. But my dad was very unhappy with me. And I was just curious because I remember your comments about another artist. And you said, Where can I listen to this? I can't listen to it in front of my kids, can't listen to it around my parents. Where am I going to listen to this kind of music? And that was one of the songs that ever since my dad made a comment about it when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, what am I listening to? I can't listen to this song around people. Aww. I think in the scheme of like, in the grand scheme of music, uh, just sitting here with the lyrics right in front of me, it doesn't seem too bad. <laughs> Pop music wise. It's fun and happy. <laughs> So before we um, rate this artist, Rachel, I know you had one more question for me and Aiden about The Cure. So Aiden and Allison, um, The Cure seems to both impact both of your lives Um, and maybe in different ways and things like that. Um, But specifically for each of you, um, how has it impacted you guys? I'll go first um, because my answer is going to be a lot shorter. Um, I am a casual Cure fan, but the, the songs that I know and loved have spoken to me in different ways throughout my life, um, particularly defining different relationships and different time periods. I've talked a lot on this show about how I see music as the soundtrack to your life. And, um, a lot of these songs, have been part of that soundtrack and bring up for me different people, different memories. Um, Especially um, close to me, just like heaven. I mean, the big hits were the ones that I knew most coming in. Those hold a special place in my heart. Um, And I also love what Aiden was saying about Um, creating space for your own interpretation. So I think that even going forward in my life from here on out, I could take a lot of these songs and apply them in new ways to my story. Aiden, what about you? Like you, I can't think of a time in my life where The Cure wasn't part of my soundtrack, one song or another they've got such a big repertoire and they cover such a range of human experiences and feelings. I, you asked me earlier about the sequence of the songs and I started with my favorite one, plain song, but I closed it with underneath the stars. Mm -hmm. That's a current one. It's on my playlist to my girlfriend. We just celebrated our one year anniversary Congratulations. Thank you. It's been really beautiful and challenging. But I put this song 
on the list. I wanted to close it with that song because that's if my life were to end and music as a soundtrack, this one would punctuate my life right now and the good things in it. Just the magic of the night. We just celebrated our one year anniversary. And Mm -hmm. a year ago, February 7th, we had our first date and we met at a place I was really comfortable with and had some dinner and drinks. And then we walked to a French brasserie for wine and dessert. And it was a pretty long walk for a very cold night. And at some point she stopped me in the middle of the street in the dark of night in Austin, very close to downtown. And the street was empty and she just put her arms around me and she told me to look up and she started pointing to the different constellations that were visible in that cold night sky. So it's just been such a beautiful part of this love story. And for me, it was a happy note. That's how I wanted to end it. That's how I wanted to end the playlist. Yeah, not your life. <laughs> yeah. We got not, not my relationship either. <laughs> not your relationship. Not yeah, we're not we're not getting that dark. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I I got really dark there for a moment. <laughs> um, okay. So Rachel, we've talked about Robert Smith and The Cure. We've talked about how they have been around for decades, how they have had bestsellers, how they've influenced other artists, how they've influenced um, people in this virtual room. And you've shared your questions and connections and confusions based on your current experience of the cure uh one being boys don't cry we will because you're sad because you had to listen to the cure and 10 being uh every day you're in love where would you rate the likelihood that you would listen to the cure again i would say a three um i think some of the songs are pool friendly and I want to you know enjoy them um there's a couple songs that are kind of a little interesting for me but I would say three I wouldn't mind not I would I wouldn't mind listening to them again and then um I think also with how popular they are and I'm glad that I learned about them because I want to be able to recognize them um and so yeah yeah so it sounds like um you didn't hate it it's just not your thing Yes. Okay. You know, that's exactly what I expected. So Aiden, don't take it too hard. I won't. I'm not them. Okay. (laughs) I'm actually thrilled that it has that same moving effect on Rachel that it does on me. So cool. It's just Rachel wants to be happy. Yes. I want to be happy too. I haven't been listening to a lot of figure this past year just because there's just so much going on in the world. <laughs> well, it's a great way to end. Um, Aiden, I'm so glad that you joined us on the show and that you shared your love of the band with Rachel and with me. I felt like I got to know you even better this episode, and I'm really thankful you were here. 
Thank you so much. I seriously could talk for another couple hours about this, but I enjoyed the opportunity. I've been anticipating it for a long time. I'm glad we were finally able to get together and make it happen. And thanks for giving them a shot, Rachel. Oh, you're welcome. Definitely. And if you want, you're welcome to talk about another band for a couple more hours and just join us again as a guest host. This is super fun. I'd love to. Yay. Awesome. Well, if you, our audience, want to follow along with Rachel's journey, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, like and subscribe on iTunes, and follow this playlist and all the playlists by going to Spotify colon user colon music she missed. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for having me, Al. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Bye. 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 I am.